Welcome back, everyone. You've reached Manta Aquatics. This is Steven. And Juan. Today's topic is freshwater versus saltwater. Time to get salty. Don't be fresh. Hey, everyone. We're back with another great podcast. Yep. Hope you all are having a good weekend and uh, had a good week. I know we're having some good weather here uh, ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the only thing say is wish we had some gas yeah i know steve here had some plans to go out of town but that kind of got squashed yeah so gas is pretty expensive i was gonna go to georgia i don't know if you know or not but georgia has some of the best aquarium stores in our area but uh with the high gas prices i decided to clean the car and prepare myself for next week's adventures (laughs) yeah so you should be ready by next week we should have some gas next week is payday plus gas so that should be oh wow double whammy yes Yes, that's good I'm looking forward because last weekend was my mom's, uh, or no, it was Mother's Day. That's what yeah, it was. yeah, Mother's Day. I was gonna say birthday, but that's no Mother's Day. Yeah. So we invested in a lot of plants. Yeah, I heard you, you bought a lot. Yeah. So my mom, she likes um, planted tanks, but she also likes gardening. So um, you know, it'd be kind of weird for most people to buy their mom's dirt for Mother's Day, but that's pretty much what happened. The, yeah, I don't. My mom doesn't live in the same state, so I didn't have that issue. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I don't. But we did buy some flowers. The biggest, the funniest thing was, so we went to the, our local fish store. Actually, opened a nursery, and uh, they, they, they buy sell plants and rocks. So they had this really pretty piece of slate. It wasn't like black slate. It was like almost like a rainbow, and you got it wet. It was really pretty, and uh, so. My mom had to find the biggest piece she could find. And not only did she make me buy it, but she made me lift it into the car. So I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but she so she made me wrap it up in like, I have a, a dog blanket in the back of my car. So I put it in the middle, wrap it up nice and neat, and then put it in there. So she's very, she wanted to break in the car. Yeah. So, but we made, it made it home. And uh, it's been sit- it was sitting in my car for probably a month or however since long it's been since Mother's Day. So I probably cleaned it out yesterday. Well, that's good. You got more room in there now. Yes. So more room for fish. Yeah, that's for sure. You got any tank updates for us? Um, I lost an angel due to Popeye. So that was really sad. It's, it had it for a while. I've, I've been treating it, um, but um, it finally succumbed. But for those listening, if you do medicate your tank, um, don't grab a random medication. So I had an API. It was a fungus cure, and it said it treated Popeye, which was good. However, I would usually use erythromycin, which is either uh, I think it's uh, it's not general cure; it's the other one. So yeah, make sure when you look at medications, you uh, see if they're going to taint your water or not, because this particular medication turned my water like a green jello color, and I was not expecting that. Man. I bet that was weird. Yeah, it was. So I had to go. I hadn't experienced this before. I, mean, I figured water change would fix it, but I didn't. I want to figure this. Maybe there's something else too I needed to do. Yeah. So he, uh, local fish store guy, he said use some uh, poly filter. So, fun fact: if you have a sponge filled with like an intake, if you rubber band this poly filter to that that sponge, it'll make the water run through that poly filter, so you can get that medicine out pretty quickly. Right. So after I did it. It, it starts off as white. After three days, it was like a dark brown. And then after about 50% water change, it was pretty much gone. So That's good. Yeah, so if you do accidentally do this, yeah. uh, this is a good way to get the medications out of the water. I know you mentioned you had two sick fish. 
did even, I know you lost one, but yeah, the other ones Popeye, it didn't go down, so I probably have to try a different medication, but it was worth a shot, right? So, I for, for me at least, the API uh, fungus med- medication did not treat the Popeye, but like I said, I would usually use erythromycin um, as my go to for Popeye, I just didn't have any, and I had this one, so I figured I might as well try it, yeah. What about your other tanks for 15 gallons? And um, they're all doing pretty good. My shrimp population is kind of getting decimated. We're, me and Juan were talking about um, possible causes for that earlier. Because I gave one of my shrimp to my mom and her 10 gallon, and it's doing really well. For some reason, I went from 13 shrimp um, to down to three shrimp in like what a month since yeah. Nashville. Yeah. But all the other fish are still alive, so it's. It's unlikely it's like ammonia or nitrates or even pH because they would have been suffering too. So yeah, most likely it's some kind of predation going on. Yeah, because I know we were talking about how he used to have King Kongs in his tank and they didn't survive really either. And we were trying to see what his stock list was then compared to now to see if maybe we could find the culprit. Yeah, trying to figure out who the shrimp killer is. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, but the thing is, I still have three shrimp, so why would ten die and three survive yeah. if, if there is a predator? Because it's only because I have right now, I have about six hill streams in there and a fifteen gallon, which is a pretty small tank for that many. I was like, there's no way they can run away from them if that is the predator. Yeah. So my only thought is maybe those ten were just weak. These three are strong. That's really the. But I guess with time, we'll see if these if these survive like six months. Then I would know that it's either the tank, the tank's not cycling because it's been up for like a year now. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly what's killing them. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But I mean, I guess you could always try again. Yeah, that's the first thing about fish tanks, like when you can't figure out the cause, because then you can't learn from it. Like, yeah. Like I'm okay with like lots of mistakes if you have some kind of lesson at the end. Right. But when you don't have a lesson, you're like, only lesson I have is don't buy is, shrimp. Yeah. And that's. Or try again and see if you can figure out what the issue was. Right. So it's always, I prefer to have learn a lesson. Yeah, that's true. I know you're 10 gallons, you know, up and running, um, and you have a couple zebra Daniels in yeah. there. Yeah, my, uh, it's fine starting to cycle. Um, I've added a uh, water sprite that's now grown out of the tank, so it's grown pretty fast. Well, that's good. Which could mean a sign of high ammonia and nitrates. <laughs> they, they grow pretty fast when it's under those conditions. Because in my big tank, my water sprite's like, is like three inches and it won't grow any which usually means ammonia is low yeah. or nitrates are low but the other tank they're growing really fast which is probably a bad sign huh. but you know, it is a smaller tank right. so and it's just, it's a new tank so for those listening if you're starting off a tank try some water sprite because i did it with my big tank too and i had water sprite grow really big yeah but after it like cycled it didn't it just grow. stopped growing yeah, so just, fast yeah yeah i know i cut a couple plants out of my 10 gallon so you could put some in your 10 gallon yeah, probably, to fill it in. I'm hoping. I, I'm curious to see if the Daniels will actually breed in there because they, they are the only ones in there. Yeah. And I don't have any snails. I don't have any quarries. I don't have anything in there to eat the eggs, and they don't go down low. So potentially they could breed in there. That'd be good. I mean, I give you a good bunch, so we'll see if that works. Yeah. And so I have some moss in there too, so could be. Yeah, I do got to give you moss, so don't let me forget. Okay. Um. And then my updates, I don't really have much. I've, well, I modified my shrimp tank. It was an all-in-one, uh, one of those PetSmart Glow 
tanks. It was like a 3.5. Uh, so I ended up taking the pump that was in there and the um, the back filter section, and I pulled. I literally tore all that out. See now. Most people would say an all-in-one system is better than a hang on the back. Now, why would you want to switch to a hang on the back? So the thing with that is the pump. So the pump is very weak, in my opinion. There was, like, no water flow at all. So why didn't you just upgrade the pump? Uh, so I could have more flow in the tank to actually, like, clean it a little bit better. Because before, all the debris and stuff would kind of just sit at the bottom in the back. Right. And then it wouldn't go anywhere. It would just sit there. So I'd have to like siphon that out every other week. Um, and then the other thing was the way they designed the tank was that you can pull up this lever and turn it and then push it down. And it does water changes that way. Huh. So it like reverses the flow. That's um, but because it does that, when the lever isn't being used, it starts shaking. And it hits the plastics on the side. So that gets really loud. So that was another reason why I wanted to, to change that up. And then, so I did that and I got more room now and I have babies in there still. And I counted them the other day and I had baby 10. Shrimp. Yes, baby shrimp, sorry. No, not real baby humans. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I ended up counting 10 baby shrimp. Uh, so they're doing great. So now they got more real estate in that tank so I can fill it up with more moss because that's what, what's in there the most right now. So that's my update for that tank. Yeah, and his moss is really taking off. Yeah, that's why I gotta give Steve uh, here some because I don't I don't know where to put it. It's gonna overrun that tank here very soon. Um, and then uh, my other 1.5, it's currently still cycling. I lost some of my mystery snails, and I think it's due to the fact that I added some rocks that I had outside and I didn't really clean them that well. I think that the whatever kind of chemicals chemicals were on there um, just kind of killed some of my mystery snails because I have one left but I have the I still have some pond snails in there so those are still alive um, and then my plant growth in there is uh, is getting pretty thick in the back so I gotta post some pictures on on Instagram again yeah right now he's got floating plants moss and like his regular stem plants don't do it yeah I have some woodwidias in there and those are growing in pretty good and then my other 10 gallon, it's doing pretty good. I'm still waiting to have the carpet come in and I'm still debating on what to do with that. But besides that, everything's doing good in that tank and in my salt tank, um, there aren't any updates with it. I just bought some more Astria snails to, as more of a uh, cleanup crew. Uh, corals are doing good. A lot of the corals are growing, except for like two that I got from Steven. Those weren't doing that great when they came in to begin with, so we'll see how they do. I moved them to a lower flow section, so maybe if, if feeding them and then them being moved helps them a little bit come back. This recording I'm looking at right now, it's really pretty, you know? Yeah, the recordies are, I've actually, you know, considered getting more of them. Um, they're a type of mushroom, and I like the way they look. I like their, like, bubble type of, like, tentacles they got. It's pretty. It's almost like a little carpet anemone. That's like the, that's, at least that's how I see. It. And they even can have like a little mouth to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look like a carpet anemone. Um, smaller. Just yeah, just like a mini carpet anemone. I mean, they are part of the anemone family, so. Makes sense. But yeah. I guess that's why they can move around. Yeah, that's why they they can move around. But that's really all I have for my my tanks. I don't. Do you do you have any 
additives. I know, what's going on with your mom's tanks? How are those doing? So she found the shrimp at PetSmart. That's like her big news. I didn't know, like, neocaridina shrimp, not just like Amano's or ghost shrimp. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that earlier, and I, yeah. I, those, I thought that was kind of odd because I've never seen... No, I've never seen PetSmart carry any of those, so yeah. I thought that was strange. But they look nice. You got a yellow, a cherry, and um, they're still alive, which, you know, it's good. Yeah, that is really good. So I guess check out your local PetSmart. Yeah, if you guys are looking for any any neos and you can't find them at your local store, your local fish store, go to PetSmart and see if maybe they ain't carry any. Because yeah, <laughs> I've never seen any. I've never seen one there. Well, all right, let's let's jump into the topic for today. So plant or freshwater versus saltwater. So I was telling Watts, we have a, a friend who's getting into fish tanks, and then she was like, "What's the first thing I need to do?" And I told her the first thing you should do is decide. You want freshwater or saltwater? I feel like that's the big kind of divergent. In yeah, that's the, you get to that first stop sign and it says left or right, and it's right. fresh or salt. And I feel like that's the biggest question most people have. Right. And so we were kind of, we we're talking to her back and forth on kind of what she's looking for in a tank, and I I feel like her big concerns are cost and upkeep, which. Just by the two phrases, I feel like a freshwater tank is kind of the way to go. Yeah, most definitely. And I would think, um, well, since we both have fresh and salt, right. you know, we've seen what the difference is when it comes to building, starting a, a fresh and a saltwater tank. And to be honest, I actually tried to get her to, to go towards salt a little bit because just do um, a fish-only tank, don't do coral. Because I feel like if you compare... Even hardiness and color, I feel like salt, if you just did like a damsel or a clown, is comparable to even like an easier freshwater fish. Yeah, it's kind of like, it would be kind of like having cichlids. Yeah. Because they're the, I think out of all the freshwater fish, you can find more colors from cichlids. Yeah, it's probably true. I mean, but like, like a Fiji damsel is probably one of the most colorful damsels. It's I'd put it up there with any freshwater. I, I can't think of freshwater fish other than maybe a discus that's more colorful. Right, yeah. And it's, you can get it for like $15. I mean, the discus, at least our discus here, our local store, $130 starting off. So. Yeah, discus themselves are pretty pricey. Yeah, so. I mean, I'd rather pay $15 for a more colorful fish than $130 for a less colorful fish. Right. Of course. Discus won't try to murder you in your sleep, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you don't know, a Fiji damsel is like basically like one of the most aggressive fish, even fresh or salt. Um, they in fact recommend to keep it by itself or with a rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they really do. In fact, I saw it with I don't know if you uh, I know what a maroon clownfish is, but they're pretty aggressive. Yeah, like very. like like one of the most aggressive clowns. And I saw a Fiji damsel beating the tar out of a maroon clownfish, like. Just beating it to death, and I was like, "That's crazy." So, if you think maroons are aggressive, Fiji's are like the next step yeah, up. <laughs> several rings above that. Yeah, I actually saw a couple of damsels. I was watching the Discovery Channel, and they had a reef shark, and they damsels were like pecking at it, like a mauling it. And I was yeah. like, "These little fish are over here beating up." Like it was like a four foot like black tip. I was like, "Man, dang, that's crazy." So I was like, "I don't know if even in the wild they aggressive." Yeah. So. But I, I, but she's looking at about a twenty gallon, so I figured you know a couple of damsels or even just one damsel, right? Um, maybe with some microalgae or just 
some rocks that look nice. Yeah, would or be like a, some GSP or something. Yeah. Could be a, a nice addition. Yeah. But she's now she's decided she's going to go fresh. Right. Uh, due to the cost of a starting yeah. a freshwater. Even, even if you're going the fish route, just fish. And she asked us, like, kind of what a budget would be. And I told her, like, for a 20-gallon, I estimated about $300. And I feel like that's was pretty accurate. Right, yeah, because that's considering everything. Um, right. That's right off the bat, not having one single piece of equipment. Right, yeah, she doesn't have anything. Like, obviously, Juan and I would uh, give her plants or um, anything you know, we extra that we had, but I don't really have anything extra as far as, like, tanks or lights right now yeah i don't either i all i have is a i think it's like a 20 aquion and that, that wouldn't be enough for her tank no so hopefully she'll uh, take that next step she is like i said making a budget and kind of seeing what she wants she wanted to uh, glow fish at first but we're trying to talk her away from that yeah <laughs> she t- she's uh very stuck on glow fish right now so we'll see how this goes and you know i have nothing against glow fish but the thing with me is the light, because once you get a glowfish light and substrate, you're kind of stuck with glowfish. Just glowfish, right? Because then you get anything else, it won't look That's any, good. yeah, any, yeah. But yeah, so she's going with fresh. So we got to thinking, you know, someone who's starting off, trying to decide whether they go fresh or salt, ending up going fresh, and then the next steps after that. Yeah. So once. I feel like a person decides if they're going to go fresh or salt, the next logical step is plants or, in the case of salt water, a reef tank. Yeah. So corals or if you want to do macroalgae, which you really wouldn't do macroalgae right off the bat. I mean, you could. I mean, I feel like it's pretty much the same as a planted tank. Yeah, it could be. I just feel like I hear a lot of things that macroalgae is a little bit tougher. Yeah. I mean, I tried uh, Dragon's Breath and... I couldn't get it to grow very well, and I've tried um, Chato and had kind of mixed reviews on it. Yeah. So, which is like only two, I think, probably the more the more common ones. Yeah, for sure. Dragon breast is pretty expensive nowadays, though. I don't know what the deal with dragon breast is, but like a little clump, like twenty, thirty dollars. Like it's like coral prices. Yeah, that's pretty high. But Chato's still pretty. It's inexpensive, but most people don't put that in their main display. Right. So something just coming straight from, let's say, dart frogs that came to you and. Under what circumstance would you tell them to go to salt versus fresh? I probably wouldn't tell them to go salt just because dart frogs, you know, you think of like a terrarium, you think of plants. So I would assume that they would be, they would like more of the freshwater side of the It's a shorter hop to freshwater. Yes. (laughs) That's a good one. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely lean them more towards the freshwater for sure. Um, Obviously, you know, planted tank. Yeah, because I feel like that they already they would already have a plant, an idea of how to keep plants alive. They have an idea of how to keep animals alive. You know, you feed them, and so I feel like that's an easier jump. So, what background would you look for to recommend salt first, or would you say you would always recommend fresh first? Um, honestly, I think I'd always recommend fresh first. Only because the initial cost for fresh is way cheaper than an initial cost for salt water. And if you're just new to the hobby and you're, you know, getting your toes wet, you don't really know what you like. But don't actually put your feet in the tank. Right, unless you have (laughs) 
pedicure Gara like you do. Yes, I need a pedicure Gara. Then you can. Yes, then you can. But yeah, so I would. That's I would definitely stick with fresh. Um, like I said, because of the cost. So there be no circumstance where you'd say if you go from ground zero, would you say go straight to salt? Right. Yeah. No circumstance. Ground zero. Yeah, I was trying to think of a. Like, even if it was, like, a doctor or a lawyer or, like, a dentist that came to me, I would still probably sell them. Go nuts with, like, a high-tech, maybe, like, a basic planted tank, then go to, like, high-tech planted, and or even just basic planted to salt water. I feel like you would have more success. Yeah, for sure. I would think so, too. Because I've actually read a lot of reviews of, like, of the show tank, and, like, a lot of the tanks have crashed or died because people just didn't know how to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they had started them off with a, a planted tank first and then got them into salt, a lot of the, they would have avoided a lot of the problems. Yeah, for sure. I would think so. So, somebody's new comes to you. What would you say the most important thing is um, going into fresh or salt? Like, what, what would your biggest advice be? Uh, for either one, I'd say, I'd probably say filtration. See, I would say research. I feel like research is your best friend. Cause well, yeah. I mean, I would research, of course. All right, so we both agree research is the best. Yes. So the next thing, for salt, I would say quarantine because I feel like that's where I ran into my biggest problems, going from fresh to salt. Because I feel like fresh water, you can pretty much recover from anything. But with salt, that's not necessarily true. Because I feel like Aptasia fermented snails like once they're in their tank they're pretty much there yeah or even uh fish you can't treat ick when you have coral it's true for salt and i heard velvet's pretty lethal i was listening to a podcast earlier that was talking about velvet yeah. being pretty deadly and we don't really like I mean, they're probably either freshwater velvet but it's so rare you don't ever see it but i feel like most of the freshwater diseases they don't work as fast as the salt water. As the salt, yeah, they definitely don't. And I've definitely heard a lot um, about diseases uh, for fresh water. And they, there seems, they seem to be more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my thing is, fresh water fish, like once you know the fish types that are pretty hardy. Um, you tend to go for those yeah, first. And, and they seem to do pretty well. But with salt water, I feel like... Um, most of them are wild caught anyway. They're not coming from like a farm, so you don't really know exactly what you're putting in your tank. Yeah. Because I think it's like 90% of saltwater is wild caught, where like the opposite's true of fresh, where like 10% come from the wild. Unless you're like buying like from like me, like a puffer, or I can't think of other fish that's like wild caught. Maybe not, not one that we we've kept yeah. here. Yeah. So pretty much, unless you keep that puffer. <clears throat> You're probably gonna be captive raised fish. Yeah. So I would say quarantine. So filtration, quarantine. I think that's good advice. Yeah, I would say filtration and quarantine, at least uh, for if you're going salt, because fresh yeah. you don't really. I mean, you can quarantine. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I have I have personally never ran into an issue without um, with quarantining fish. I've never quarantined any of them. I think Blackbeard's the only thing that we really had a problem with, but now we've now that we've kind of, I figured out how to treat it. It's not such a threat anymore. Right, and then um, on the topic of quarantining, you know, 
you, you don't have to really quarantine your plants. Right. Unless you're trying to see if you have any snails yeah. and you don't want any snails in your tank, but... I feel like that's a mistake, though. I feel like... I really think snails are good things. That That's what I was going to yeah. say. And if you really don't want snails, there's an abundant variety of fish that will, that will eat them. Yeah, or even assassin snails. So yeah. you have a lot of options if you don't want those. But like with saltwater, like Aptasia, there's nothing that eats it. Well, there's a few things, but if you have like a 30-gallon tank, you're not going to put like copper-branded butterfly fish in a 30-gallon. Definitely not. So you're kind of limited there. Yeah. And then if you have fermented snails, there's nothing on the planet that eats that sucker, so. Right, but then the only way that you would actually notice it beforehand is if you did quarantine. Right, though. that's because, what I'm saying. Because, you know, when you quarantine your corals, you're looking for that kind of stuff. You right, know, exactly. pests and things like and that. And I feel like fermented snails are pretty easy to see once you know what you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. But if you don't know, or you didn't know, then you're going to run into a problem. Yeah. Which I think blackbird is the same way. I think blackbird is pretty easy to ID once you know what it is. Yeah. But if you don't, if you've never seen it before, you're like, what is that? Yeah, you wouldn't really know until the last minute and you, see, you catch it. Yeah, and then you're like, why is this plant hairy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it, and then it yeah. never goes away. And I feel like that's that's the trick of, like, a lot of these pests. Like, they look kind of cool when you first see them. Like, even Aptasia is like, hey, that's kind of like a cool, like, anemone thing. Yeah. Next thing you know, you got, like, 20 of them. You're like, that's not so cool anymore. Yeah. Then you have 100, and you're like, oh, no. And you got to actually take action. Right. Yeah. And I feel like Blackberry is the same way, because, like, oh, that's kind of a cool morph of that plant and yeah. then next thing you know it's taking over the whole plant <laughs> and then the whole entire tank yes and I feel like that's true of a lot of these pests yeah so don't be fooled by the cuteness definitely not <laughs> so filtration and then quarantine what would your big advice be to like fresh for fresh I'd say definitely go for the hardier fish beginning just because then you kind of get a, like a... So no discus starting out. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely none of your higher end discus. <laughs> or even your lower end discus, to, to be honest, because those are also expensive. Right. But, yeah, definitely say get hardier fish, even if they are cheaper, only because then you get a feel for actually caring for that animal, for those fish. Yeah, and I, I feel like with freshwater... Your first like six months, you're gonna have a lot of like ammonia and nitrate shifts, and if you have a hardier fish, they're gonna weather that a lot better. Right. But if you have a very sensitive species that, you know, any sort of spite, yeah, it, it won't. It's not gonna make. It won't survive, yeah, because then you're getting used to doing your weekly right water and, changes. And I also think it's you know you're breaking your lights. You know how much light, how much light to put in the tank, how long to run it, so you're not your algae is gonna be more controlled. And uh, you're also dialing in your feeding habits too. So yeah. Because every new person, and even me, sometimes you know I get a little carried away with the feeding. Oh, for sure. And uh, you might drop in too much. So you know, six months down the road, you, you pretty much know kind of how much to feed. Yeah, and how much they'll they're gonna eat. So yeah. So I would say, um, I agree with Juan. I say pick pick hardier species when you first start out with with freshwater, and that will help you a lot. Yeah. And would you would you say the same for plants as well? Yeah, um, I would say get when you first start out. See, I I would say with with um, I would do the reverse on plants.
plants. I would say get stem plants when you first start out, which are kind of not as hardy, but because your nitrates and ammonia are going to be so high, they're going to eat a lot of that. And then when your tank is established, get the Anubiuses, Java ferns, because the slow growers. The slow growers. And I think part of that is human nature. When you first get your tank, you're, you're going to want your hands in it a lot. Oh, yeah. And with fast-growing plants, you can do that because you're going to be trimming it a lot. You can yeah. grow it, manicure it. And then Sycamore Sally Road, you know, new movie came out. You're dating somebody new, and you don't want to deal with your tanks. So you switch to Anubius and Java Fern. So, you know, our leaf grows once a week. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not, like, you're not having to trim it all the time. Right. I feel like that's pretty good. All right, so would you say the same for saltwater as far as hardy fish? So I'm conflicted about saltwater because okay. I bought my two clowns, and clownfish was like the most hardy fish in the world. That's true, you did. And you they bought both, designer clownfish. Yeah, and they both died pretty quickly. Because I figured because they were clowns, nothing could kill them. Correct. But then clownfish disease took them both out. So That's true. I would say... Buy hardy fish, but also cheap fish. Just because it's a clownfish doesn't necessarily mean it's like the hardiest of clowns. Right. So I feel like the cheaper clowns, like the basic Nemo-ish fish, yeah. are going to be hardier. Right, your basic Ocellaris fish. Right. Because after my expensive clowns died, I went and bought like $12 clowns, and they're still alive. So um, I would definitely recommend, you know, go for... And just because you buy a cheap fish doesn't mean that it's cheap. Right. Usually, if you buy it cheap, it means it's colorful, hardy, and a lot of people have it. So that's why it's cheap. Yeah. So a lot of people equate cheap with not very good. Right. And with fish, it's not necessarily that way. Yeah. A lot of times, cheap fish are the best fish. They really are. Because they're, like I said, they're all the things I just mentioned. And the expensive fish are, they're not very hardy. They're not, well, they usually are colorful. Usually... Not hardy, colorful, and expensive, and hard to get. So, and they breed slowly. That's yeah. usually like the reasons why they're expensive. So, expensive may not be the best thing in, in the, the fish keeping world, um, especially um, with uh, with saltwater. Yeah, because yeah. like you have things like Achilles tang, which look nice, for like five hundred dollars a piece. And I definitely wouldn't recommend that to a beginner or even an intermediate. I would say that's like an expert fish. Yeah. Unless you're willing to drop that much money and don't care to lose that money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a yeah. week or so. And I, I don't know anybody who Maybe there's somebody out there who can lose $500 not crying or sleep about it, but... We definitely can't. No, I'm not that level yet. No, definitely not. And would you say the same would go for corals? Yeah, because corals are, are a little bit different because they're kind of priced almost as much as a fish would be, you know. Sometimes more. Yeah, I I would say the average coral price is like thirty dollars. I think the average fish price is about thirty dollars. So yeah, they're, they're about equal. But I've paid eighty dollars for a coral. I paid fifty dollars for a fish. So, you know, for me at least, corals have been more expensive. True. And I feel like I have to replace corals quicker than I do fish. Right. Yeah, because then. Corals are more, they're more finicky as far as water parameters. Yeah. Lighting, shade, they even attack each other sometimes. Right, yeah, or depending on where you put them, depends on whether or not their tentacles will touch at night or, right. or not. If you're kind of like anemones, they'll come around and sting each other. It's not technically a coral, but it's, 
I consider it a similar thing. Yeah. And, you know, but even like torches, you know, you throw your family, they'll sting other stuff too. And, yeah. Um, leathers have been known to release toxins in the tanks. Like there's a lot of chemical and physical warfare that happens with, happen with corals. Yeah, there definitely is. A lot more than what plants would be. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people just see like, oh, that's a shiny or pretty rock. But they don't realize that, that thing's alive and it, it will attack other things. Yeah, it can kill other corals nearby. Right. Yeah, if it feels like it. So, I definitely feel like when you're first starting out, don't go for the really expensive stuff. Um, I would recommend like leathers, GSP. Um, that's what I have now. So, uh, <laughs> those two are like the most. My friend, uh, he, he runs a fish store and he said with leathers, you can put them in a blender and chop them up and they'll still come back. So, um, you know, there's a few plants that will do that, but I don't think there's any uh, other other things that I can think of that if you put them in a blender and chop it up, they'll come back. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any. Um, yeah, maybe like Java fern or Java moss could do that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely maybe Java moss. Any of the mosses would probably you could do that with. Yeah, yeah. There's very few things that can handle, but I'm just saying. I use that as an example of the level of abuse that, that these things can withstand. So that's kind of my advice as far as um, starting off with salt. Okay. Now, I kind of want to talk about availability versus fresh versus salt. Now, of the, what, what would you say, 10 or so fish stores around us, what is the saltwater selection versus like the freshwater? Uh, saltwater is definitely a lot smaller compared to freshwater only because people when they first get in the hobby they go straight to fresh yeah which I, I think that's kind of why like PetSmart always sells freshwater like Petco sells both yeah but PetSmart um, and most of like the big box stores generally just sell freshwater yeah because I feel like they're just trying to cash in on that, that new hobbyist because if you look at this Statistics on um, uh, hobbyists: the average fish keeper is only in the hobby for about a year, um, so it's pretty short. Uh, I think the reason for that is a lot of things we've talked about, and uh, you know they don't get the you know the hardy fish, or they buy fish at the wrong locations. Um, they just kind of die off, or they just get bored with it. Yeah. But I feel like we talked about the reasons why they're getting bored. It's because they have fish only tanks. Once the fish are in the tanks, so what are you going to do? Right, yeah. Then you're just feeding fish and then <laughs> right. cleaning the water. That's yeah. pretty much the only thing you have going on there. But I feel like when you add plants and coral, like... It you, adds an extra level of diversity and, yeah. and challenge. And I feel like once you have that coral and plants, every time you look at the tank, it's different. Yeah. It's never the same. And if you look at it like a freshwater tank, a year, like a planted tank from one year to the other... There could be a huge difference in what that tank looks like. Oh yeah, you could have different plants, different setup going on by then. I feel like it's almost like a person, like, you know, we have hair, so if you just have a shaved head, then that's just and you always had a shaved head, that's all that's all you ever had. But like when you start growing hair, you're like, Oh, I can do so much with There's this so now. Many styles I yeah. can do. Yeah. But if you just have a bald head all the time, it's like, well, I mean, okay, I mean it looks okay, but I can do is all this other stuff too. So, when it comes to tank size versus fresher salt, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, if you're just starting off, is that what we're doing? Yeah, let's just say our friend came to you. She she said she, not sure which one she wants to do. What size you recommend? Both ways. Uh, so Maybe I would a, sh- a size, a t- a gallon size, and a shape. A gallon size and a shape. So I personally like long tanks. For fresh and salt. For fresh and salt. And I would say for for fresh, I would say a ten gallon, minimum. Max, I'd probably say twenty. What would like your recommended size? The recommended size would definitely be a ten. Okay, so you would you say starting out, you'd go with a ten. Ten for for fresh water. Okay. For salt, I'd have to be a twenty gallon, and a long. So for both long, for both fresh and and salt, and then a ten gallon for. For fresh and a twenty gallon for salt. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with something totally different than that. No, I know. <laughs> so I'm gonna say so. I heard Corey say this on a podcast that a thirty gallon is like a tank you're gonna grow into. It's like a forever tank. Anything ten or twenty, you're gonna end up upgrading. And I, for me, at least, that's that's how I feel. I feel like you're always gonna a ten and a twenty gallon. It's not gonna be enough for me. I'm always gonna need at least a thirty gallon. I feel like you can do a lot more with a 30. Um, so either fresh or salt, I'm going to say a 30 gallon. Um, and cube, long, don't really care. Um, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. The only thing I would say with like a 33 long um, is you might need, like if you use like a Kessel, you might need two lights because it is so long. Because I think it's like a 33 is a four foot tank. Um, so you might need two separate lights with like a 30, like 30 gallon just regular tank you might could get away with one light yeah so that'd be my only like my my solar tank 30 gallon cube and i use one castle i feel like that's enough but if i have 30 long you would definitely need something more yeah you probably need two lights so or i would even, say a 30 gallon yeah or even something that has more of a spread right because the castle is kind of like a it's not it doesn't give too much of a spread like yeah. you think it would i say more almost like a flashlight yeah especially like a flashlight hanging uh, where you have like a cone of light but, but with like an LED like a light bar it's a lot longer like if I had a bar a light bar on a 33 gallon fresh or salt you'd be fine yeah but like an actual like a castle you're gonna need more yeah um, the difference there is you're you're not as much as a nano guy as I am no so. I don't really like them yeah you don't really appreciate the 10 gallons at all no I think they're which is sad but but I mean I guess it is if you I mean if you plan on sticking with the hobby I would say then a 30 gallon wouldn't be bad you know because you can you can grow into that yeah that's what I'm saying I feel like a 30 gallon is big enough where you could do some stuff with it with a 10 gallon 6 fish 7 fish you're already outgrowing it and if you pick the wrong fish which a lot of new people are going to do you're going to outgrow even faster because you get one you know, Bo's body rainbow fish, you've now outgrown that 10 gallon. Yeah, that's true. Um, but if you're doing your research, though. Yeah, but how many new people actually do research? But that, yeah, I know, but still, if we're talking about someone I mean, who, most who would of, do most the research. Most people who are new, their mom got them a fish from a tank from PetSmart, a and 10 gallon. Said, hey, yeah, that's here's some, your first pet. S- stop me on the, on the Xbox so much. Try this for a while. <laughs> right. That's true. And I feel like that's. That's, that, that's probably a lot of people. Or maybe it's like, you know, a millennial or Gen X who's out, they just got out of college, and the other apartment doesn't let them have 
a dog or a cat. So they go for a fish tank. They go for a fish tank. Um, and they're probably going to do more research than like the mom giving it to their kid. Yeah. But yeah. I still feel like a lot of fish look very similar. Like if you didn't know the difference between a Bozmani and like a blue-eyed rainbow fish and you saw them both as babies, you know, you might be like, hey, that's a rainbow fish. That's a rainbow fish. What's yeah. the difference? They kind of have the same body style when they're younger. Yeah. And I'm saying like even like a giant Danio versus a regular Danio. One gets four inches, one gets like two inches. Yeah. So you get yourself in a lot of trouble just by very small deviations. True. So, or even like another a common fish is like the red-tailed black shark. You know, it can go from, um, and there's actually another species called a black shark. They look almost identical as babies. Um, red-tailed black sharks get five inches. Black sharks get like a foot and a half. So, and I've seen them both sold here at a local fish store. So. Yeah. I'm just saying there's very similar fish can get very different sizes yeah which I feel like that's very unique to fish because like even like puppies like if you show me a Great Dane puppy and like um like a dachshund puppy maybe like the first few weeks they're kind of similar but with, outside of that I can tell you which one's gonna be a horse Bigger. yeah <laughs> with, with fish maybe a little more deceiving yeah longer yeah, because it does take some time for them to grow out. So, I feel like people, I feel like with a 30-gallon, even if you make a small mistake, um, you're okay. And, I mean, if you make a big mistake, you're still out of luck. Like, if you get the red-tailed catfish, there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> but you can at least keep it for a while in a 30-gallon. Yeah. Maybe, like, a month versus a week. So, find sure. that home for it. Yeah. Drive up to Ohio Fish Rescue. <laughs> yeah you could definitely do that so that's that's my reasoning for getting a bigger tank like I know they're more expensive like like I could tell my friend and I told her to get like a 30 gallon um, just because I feel like it's better like yes it's going to be like 350 400 dollars but versus a 10 gallon which is probably like 100 150 dollars a big difference there but I feel like in the long run it's going to save you money because better buy one tank than two tanks that's true. I, to me, I was first starting off, so the ten gallon was my best option, um, just to get to see if I even wanted to really stay in the hobby. Um, and then once I decided that, I was really hooked on nano tanks. So it to me it didn't me getting like two more nano tanks didn't really, I didn't really care because I I appreciated the smaller tanks. Yeah, but I feel like you're like the exception. Like you saw me do it. You had a friend who could give you advice. I feel like you're the exception to the rule. I feel like like if you were just by yourself and I wasn't there. So you're saying I would have gone like like a maybe a thirty gallon or something. No, I, I feel like you feel slowly gone with a ten gallon. But let's say you would have bought a fish maybe that's not appropriate. Your tank crashed. Now are you still in the hobby? Mm-hmm. And but and but instead if you would have gone in a thirty gallon, maybe your tank didn't crash as quickly or as hard as the 10 gallon would have so maybe three of your fish survived instead of none of your fish survived yeah so now you're still kind of in the hobby you're not happy but you're still in the hobby you're still in the hobby (laughs) and i feel like that's a problem with a lot of people they buy such a small tank and something swings one way and ends up crashing like an example like my brother my mom got him a like a one gallon in a betta and he forgot about it for like two weeks and all the water evaporated and then you come back to like a skeleton and I feel like 
and he never kept the fish ever again because he felt so bad. Yeah. And but I feel like if you had a thirty gallon, two weeks, you still got some water in the tank. You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. it's, you're not gonna be. I mean, you might be having some problems, but there's still water there. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's a problem with some of these like very small tanks that just have a bed up. That could be. Yeah. And that's extreme scenario. Right. But, yeah. That is an extreme. But I feel like that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I can see either way if you're doing your research, of course. Right. I mean, like I said, that's what I said. You know, we both agreed earlier. The best thing you can ever do is fresh research. salt. Really, anything in life is to research it first. <laughs> really. Um, maybe not jumping off a diving board. You kind of just kind of do that one, but right, everything yeah. else. So, is there anything else you'd want to add to this? We have kind of covered pretty much most of the things. Yeah. Most of the stuff. Oh, one other thing. I feel like invertebrates could be an interesting topic. Maybe we could talk about that at a different time. Like a topic all on its own. Yeah. Because there are there are multiple for both. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's something we could talk about next week is um, the pros and of the invertebrates. I feel like it's a really interesting thing in both systems. Yeah. Because you know, one you have snails, one you have like crabs and uh, hermit crabs and all kind of cool stuff. Right. Um, different types of shrimps. Right. In, you're shrimp in both. Yeah, in both, yeah. But um, I feel like that's a topic we could maybe discuss next time. Because I feel like that is a determining factor. Because I feel like a lot of people just see the coral and the fish or the plants and the fish. But they, they don't, don't think of cleanup crew or anything. Right, they don't think right. of anything like that. That's true, yeah. We could probably do that next on our next episode or something. Yeah, I feel like that could be a, a fun topic to discuss. Because you know, you've had a lot of ups and downs with it. And I've had a lot of ups and downs with this. I feel like it could be entertaining. That's true. So y'all got to stay tuned for that one. Yeah, man. stay tuned to next week. Or next time yeah hopefully next week yeah well all right everyone we'll uh we'll say sayonara for now peace out everyone